Welcome to the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSP Magazine. You're listening to a new Living and Breathing Technology podcast. You're about to join Amina Agarwal as she captures and shares unedited stories of tech professionals as they reflect on the past, foresee the future, and discuss what they would like to change for a better tomorrow. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. Welcome to our second episode of Living and Breathing Technology. I'm your host, Amina Agarwal, and in this show, we talk about different aspects of life, a life that is away from technology. I believe that the past two years have taught us to be resilient and have forced us to value time. This reminds me of one of the famous sayings, yesterday is gone, tomorrow has not yet come. We have only today. Let us begin. With this, I would like to welcome our guest, Tash Petridge. She's a proud Maori female security professional who has broken many traditional barriers in her pursuit of connecting Maori Pacifica community with security knowledge. Tash also co-established the online community that is New Zealand Network for Women in Security. She's a teacher, actor, IT professional, and a remarkable mother. She's a recipient of many industry-specific awards related to diversity and inclusion initiatives, and most recently was recognized as a DEFSEC Women in Security for Indigenous Advocate category. I call her a firefighter, as she is a high-spirited woman who is always ready to help and give a shoulder to lean on. Let's hear more about her journey in her own words. Hi, Tash. I'm so excited to have you on this show. Welcome, welcome. Kia ora koutou. Ko Tash Betridge Toku Ingoa. So, good afternoon, everyone. Just translating to my name is Tash. And, yeah, I'm really humbled to be on the show. And it's a great experience. And I would love to share more about myself and my journey with you. Awesome. Thanks, Tash. I know, right? It's been it's been a long journey, I think, for both of us that we got to know each other from this small community of women in security in New Zealand. And that is how we got connected. And then we have these common interests that we share. We'll talk more about those as well. But first, let me uh, get you to talk about yourself and your journey, how you landed up in security or in tech in general, because now you've moved from security. So uh, let's begin with your journey. Thank you. So when you started reading my introduction, you know, part of me is thinking like, oh, so much bragging, you know, (laughs) but it is what it is. Like, you know, we should own our achievements and own our experience. Absolutely. And and it is a journey and it's not an easy journey. And even with all these accolades or, you know, the experience of wearing different hats, it is a journey and a pathway that I've been on and continuing to grow on. So a bit about me. So I'm Tash. I'm a solo mother of two beautiful girls. 
I was a teacher, but I started off my career in tech support. So I was doing some tech support and I was doing that while I was studying education, was a teacher, traveled around US, Mexico, Australia, came back to New Zealand and started working with my whanau. Whanau means family and te reo Māori. And I was working with them in a film company. So we did like uh, localized uh, film productions. There was a show I was assisting with Kofano Living and doing a bit of a production assisting and some video reviewing <laughs> and some website updates. So when I was doing that, a part of me wanted to learn more about digital technologies. I enrolled at Unitech, which was really close to my house, actually. I enrolled at Unitech, AUT, and University of Auckland to upskill in the digital area. And I got accepted in all three year, um, locations. But what really drawn me with Unitech was just how small the classes are. And being kind of an introvert as I am, I kind of like that small um, environment where I could just ask teach, uh, teachers and get to build in the relationships a lot better. So I studied at Unitech, which is not your traditional education route. It's, it is what an Aussie, they would say TAF, like a, a community college. It is somewhere where you meet different walks of life. And while I was studying there, I actually was supposed to do digital technologies, but ended up going into computing systems and uh, started working. So I started majoring in the network pathway and the security pathway, and that's where I kind of really fell in love with security. I think also as a teacher, you start teaching your students about uh, digital safety and security. And that's what kind of reminded me of my experience as a teacher. And then while I was working, uh, while I was studying, <laughs> I, I started to give back to an organization called OMG Tech. And I did that in my first semester of studying. And, and I just loved volunteering at an organization called OMG Tech because they empower kids to learn coding, uh, cybersecurity when I was there, uh, robotics. So it was a, an experience for me to like use my teaching skills that I had in the past with the knowledge that I was gaining from my degree and giving back to students, uh, little kids, because I was like, okay, part of me was like, hey, I was a teacher. I love to give back and still teach, but I want to teach full time. So being part of OMG Tech and being a workshop lead for a few years really gave me that opportunity to share knowledge with the kids, to empower them into a, a hopefully taking more technology classes and school. While I was at Unitech, I also was involved in the ISACA student group and did some events for women that were in were studying at Unitech because there were some classes that I was like the only wahine, the only woman in the class. And then other class classes I had luckily to have one or two to um, females or, or people that identify as females there. So I think while I was a student at the community college or the polytechnic, 
I started really thinking throughout my degree of like, I love cybersecurity. I love networking. I love people. But there is something a little bit off with how many or lack of <laughs> women that are studying this uh, wonderful profession like technology. Yes. And I, yeah. And I don't know because you yourself, you came from overseas and you also was at Unitech and in a few other yeah. places, right? So yeah. I'm not sure how it was with you because you already graduated when I went and signed up. So. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think back back in those days when we were studying at Unitech, especially in my cybersecurity class, there were very less females. It was just two or three among the 20 odd students. And I used to feel that why there are so less females in the class. And there was very less awareness, I suppose, in terms of technology um stem education to get more females into the technology field and you felt as if it was not meant for for females like when i started applying for jobs or internships it was only male dominated field back then there were very less women in information technology roles but it has improved significantly from um, in the past five to six years. And I remember that you were researching uh, and doing surveys in regards to why there are less women and how many women are still pursuing their careers in cybersecurity industry. So tell me more about that survey and what made you do that survey. Yeah, so at that time, I think IOSAKA had a survey out and that was like there was only 11% of women or people that identified as as a woman working in the cybersecurity field. And that was pretty much the stats that we're aware of. And then you look at our classes and like, okay, yeah, that, that probably is like some reflection of how the tech industry is, especially in cybersecurity. So the recent ISACA survey and IC Square survey, it's like now 20%, and that was in 2021, but but it still really depends on which part of security. So you will see in the risk and compliance that there is higher um, percentage of people that identify as female in the info area as opposed to in the technical area yes. um, for women and security. So it was quite interesting. So I started really digging into that and just trying to find role models. And I was luckily to meet a few role models. I think, Amina, you were one. You were actually working for a, a telco at the time and you were at the cybersecurity yes. festival yes. and I met you briefly there. So I... You know, I think just seeing you there was just a clear example that, okay, if Amina, who was a student there, can do it, I can do it because you need to see role models out there. If you don't see role models out there, you kind of start doubting yourself, right? Like, is this a career for me? Like, yes. you know, it's it's very important to have people in the community out there. And continuing on, what really started hurting my confidence 
as a student studying cybersecurity was I was one of only a few people that didn't have an internship and after the second year because everyone in my class are mainly male and they were getting hired. <laughs> so they were getting hired by all the like cybersecurity firms in New Zealand. And here I am was interviewing and trying and just like I couldn't get an opportunity. And I started to really like hurt in regards to that. And I think it wasn't to my end of second year of my my studies, I ended up getting a placement at uh, a big four and learning more about risk and compliance and starting to see, okay, there's different areas in cybersecurity that I can look at. And after that internship, it kind of opened doors because then I was like, able to get internships at Google. Then I started working at other telcos and, and now I'm at a big tech company, which has been a, a learning journey in itself. So, I think it's very important role models in the cybersecurity industry. And ha like having this podcast that you're doing is amazing, by the way, because people can listen and be like, okay, everyone's journey is different into tech or cyber. So after landing my few internships, I still wanted to continue studying. And that's when I studied, uh, so I studied. <laughs> I studied a master's, right, in applied practice. I got a scholarship on that one. And then I focused my research topic on women and cybersecurity with the New Zealand Network of Women's Security. So when that network was starting to get established, I met a wonderful lady from Canada called Bonnie, who introduced me to Sai Honig. And Sai, uh, she's a wonderful person to me because at the same time she was trying to establish a woman network for years and she was doing a lot of work of ISACA at the time. So we were trying to find, okay, what does the New Zealand network look like? We just didn't really meet people in person. It was mainly online <laughs> and we wanted to kickstart like, okay, what does this network look like? Are we going to do just casual meetups? And with that, uh, we did some meetups in person and then the pandemic hit. Um, we ended up getting partners and then ah, it was a bit of a journey in itself. So that's how the New Zealand Network was created. And then we have all these wonderful people that volunteer how they can because we know it's not a not-for-profit at the stage. It's an unincorporated group and everyone has a different vision and goal of how the network looks like. So we have some people that, okay, we're happy with just the LinkedIn group. And then we have other people like, okay, we'll just share jobs and, you know, share it off to other women because the thing is there's jobs available, but it's important to know that there's jobs that they can apply for and there's companies that really value DNI and they want more women to land in those roles. And that's why you'll see people post and share jobs or they're hiring because they want to build their numbers up. And they and they don't want to build it in a performative allyship way. They want to build it so it gives more women opportunity to land in those roles and grow because I know what it's like being a student trying yes. to find your first internship. And I think maybe you were the same at first, like trying to land that first internship or experience in New Zealand. So it's very important. And other people will be like, okay, we want mentorship. Okay, that's great. And others will be like, okay, we'll just do conferences. And that might be a way to just do some sort of marketing to yeah. market the New Zealand network in some way. 
I think back in those days, we didn't have enough women role models or role models in general to seek guidance from, to have mentorship, to actually help us navigate our ways into the industry. I struggled as well while getting into the industry as I didn't knew anything about cybersecurity or networking, and I had to study hard in order to prove myself. Um, but today, there is a lot more awareness and opportunity in terms of mentorship, connecting to people in general in New Zealand. It's really easy to connect to people in New Zealand. People are more approachable now. Um, there are more job op opportunities, internship opportunities today. And we feel welcomed as compared to back in those days. And I remember that you were doing a lot of good work, a lot of community work, apart from studies, like working with SheSharp, promoting their initiatives and doing, leading ISACA group. That was really awesome. And now you have your own initiative, which is NZNWS, which is a small community of women in New Zealand uh, connected through a LinkedIn group. And you. so tell me more about NZNWS and what is the vision of NZNWS? Where do we see it in the future? So we have a vision, right? And the vision is for the New Zealand network for women in security to seek the encourage the advancement of and the capacity of women working in all areas of security in New Zealand. So because security is such a big area and people don't know different areas in security, because I've been talking to many students when I was mentoring and talking at the polytechnics about how you hack your way into security. And everyone's like, I just want to be a pen tester. And I'm like, okay, so what do you know about pen testing? And, you know, how do you want to achieve that goal? Because pen testing is all cool, but people don't understand there's a lot of um, compliance and controls and there's a lot of reporting and writing, all the stuff that they don't <laughs> like doing at uni. <laughs> so they think, yes, I get to hack away at stuff. I'm like, yeah, but how do you get to security? <laughs> Absolutely. So, no, and I think that's good. And I, and I think it's awesome that people have this vision of where they want to be. Like, it was always the red team that's always been like a really cool drive and making security look cool. But there's different areas of security from incident response to relationship management to change management to privacy to physical security so many different areas and opportunities and having a network in place so people can meet various women or people that identify a woman or even marginalized genders can come to one place and meet others so they can see that there's role models and and that's my vision and eventually I understand people have a full-time job I would love it for those people who are part of the network to give back to mentor and we have a mentorship program that's just getting started and hopefully fully established by February because uni comes back where women have from our network have asked to mentor uni students or career changes or 
just people that want to learn more about security and help with the demands because there is a demand. People are like, there's a cybersecurity gap around the world, right, of skilled workers, but there's a whole bunch of people in that actually want to learn and they have diverse skills and abilities that can help build up the cybersecurity workforce. And that is my goal is to help those women and gender minorities to be able to find a place where they can get mentored and eventually pay it back. Because I do this network not for it to be a network for profit. It's a network for giving. And yes, and that's what their goal is. And I hope more women or other gender minorities can be like, okay, I want to give back. I, I, I see a value in giving back. So maybe they're not always on LinkedIn. Maybe the people that are giving back are actually on other social media networks or they're not even on social media because, you know, a lot of security people don't like being on social media. Yes. So. Yeah, Yeah, and I think uh, back from where NZNWS started Mm. and it has grown so much, like look at the numbers that the um, uh, look at the numbers that we have, the stats of members that we have. It's amazing. Like it's mostly uh, it's I think most of the women in New Zealand who are in security know of NZNWS and that is incredible effort Tash so kudos to you <laughs> yeah so it is a joint effort like I do have to acknowledge the Sia has done her bit in Wellington for for different security groups but she does focus on like um, cloud security and also you know like techno racism side so I also thank her for sharing her experiences there because it also I also want to highlight the other team members that are recently joined and really establishing upcoming events because they are doing a wonderful job and they know it's not paid well the the payment is their time right so and I thank them for everything they commit and contribute so stay tuned there's going to be more happening this year it's been quiet for a few years so hopefully this year is a new year too yes absolutely um and uh being doing it as a single mom with two wonderful kids two two daughters beautiful daughters um so post pandemic we have become like more adaptable you know to change and try to manage our routine as mothers that works best for us and our family. But at the same time, we are trying to invest in small things like reading a book to our kids or sitting with them or having a conversation with them. Uh, So for you, when you think about work-life balance, what are the small investments that you make that help ace the work-life balance game for you? (laughs) Oh, that's a really big question. But at the same time, when it comes to work-life balance for myself, because work in itself can be a number of things. Like working on this network, right, is, I would say, is something that I'm really passionate about and I spend a lot of my time, spare time to actually focus on it this year. As well as I'm very fortunate to have 
like a, a remote job. So my role is remote and my manager is really supportive. So I have that flexibility to, if I need to stop off in the middle of the day, I can to go see my kids or meet with a teacher, etc. cetera. I, I have that flexibility as well as just taking time out for myself. Like if I'm feeling a little bit tired or, you know, I feel like I need some time for myself, then, you know, I have that flexibility to be like step away from the screen, um, go for a walk outside. You know, New Zealand's quite beautiful. So yes, we have lots of parks and close to a lot of beaches. Yes, it's true. We are near beaches. So I love just walking around the beach and I don't like live like literally like on the doorstep or anything. <laughs> it's not that, <laughs> but it is still quite near and it's parks pretty much everywhere. And I, I, I just love being outside of nature and just like soaking in the environment. So that, that is really the time I can just practice some mindfulness, you know, yes. close my eyes, take a deep breath, really just like, think about nothing (laughs) just time for myself uh other things I like to do I I do like reading I was actually reading this awesome book uh, wow I do um, like to repeat core so this this book is milk milk and honey and so milk and honey is like a collation I'll say a collation oh my gosh my language today so it has a little bits of like poems that she has wrote about and I really love how she articulates her words and her experiences in different chapters so yeah I if you ever have the chance look up Rupi Kaur I'm probably pronouncing her name wrong so if she ever comes Mm. to this podcast and Here's me pronouncing her name. I apologize. <laughs> but it's a New York Times bestseller, and it's like short little poems about different experiences of her life. So I love that. And apart from that, having the, having a tea or coffee is another way I can just, you know, relax. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about coffee, yeah. Coffee with start start our day with coffee and then let's talk about business. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah. Much. I, I think I, I told you once, right? Like, I kind of need to start my day with like three cups three of coffee. coffee. Yeah, I do my best, I, you know, to, to yeah. have like plunge a coffee and try and limit the dairy intake. But yeah, I just can't. Like, I just love coffee so much. And everyone has their own go to. Some people love tea. I think. New Zealanders are big tea drinkers so you're talking about your big English breakfast tea drinkers and when I lived in Australia and and the UK it wasn't not the UK the US sorry like tea wasn't really a big morning drink for a lot of people so yeah yeah, it's very popular here in New Zealand to have like English breakfast and I think that's from the UK side they kind of yeah definitely 
I think, um, um, yes, definitely with the coffee and the tea intake, you can't get rid of it every time I think of, you know, uh, I'll not have coffee today I'll not. I'll try to resist it. And I feel so sleepy in the afternoon that I have to have, (laughs) I have to have coffee and get the things done. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's quite a requirement. Uh, But, but yes, I think we are blessed to be in New Zealand yeah. as compared to other countries in the world. Yeah. And Everyone's experience is different, yeah. right? So yeah. I, I, by you sharing your experience, it, it kind of like makes you aware that everyone is different and we should be very grateful for the opportunities that we have in New Zealand to be able to focus on our family and learn to switch off. And we actually support wellness and support those times to focus on your well-being and have self-care because self-care is very important because we can't be on 150% of the time. We need time to, you know, consume the information and focus and focus on our physical health as well. So, yes, I'm I'm very grateful for, yes, for how things were for having time for hobbies interests and um, you name it and you get it in New Zealand so so we are so fortunate to be here um, and now it's time for a killer question so what what is what one thing that you would like to change about your past in the past two years and reflect on it uh, in the present so that's actually a really big question right there I mean I so if I was reflecting on my article that I wrote about my year in review of 2021 and reflecting on my whole life in general, as well as what I find important. And I think when we grow, like I'm, I'm aging now, so my understanding of relationships is very different to when I was 20-something. So when I was talking about reflecting on my friendships and what is important in life. I'm I'm thinking about what's meaningful in my life, right? Understanding who do I want to spend time with and making better choices in the context of on who I I'm friends with. Because I I don't have any regrets in that in that context of like the people that were in my life because they actually taught me a valuable lesson of you know understanding others because everybody is different right yeah so I think I wouldn't say it's a regret because lessons need to occur in this lifetime for us to know what we want in life and have boundaries in place last year and I think in general a lot of people were on edge and for me to have that awareness that you know, I'm not perfect. I could be a better friend, right? But at the same time, I grew so much about what I want in my life and who I want to share my life with. So do I want to have friends that are constantly negative or constantly put down others? Or do I want people to you know, be direct with me. I always love people that are being direct and say, you know, what they 
what they do, like constructive criticism towards me. And I think that's great. But I also want friends to be, be empowering, right, and support. And that's what I believe in. I love to support others and I love to empower other women, right? So if I am leading that way for others to, you know, to support them, I need to reflect on my and my and like my life and think, okay, I need to lead by example, right? Yes. So if people are not going to be supportive or empowering me, and they're my closest friends of five years, etc., then I need to really reflect and like, okay, it's time to share what I'm feeling with them and have boundaries in place and let them know that it's time to grow apart if we're not on the same page. And it sounds like a relationship breakup, like a, a like an intimate relationship breakup, but friendships are, are there throughout the tough times and the fun times, right? Yes. So um, it may sound like what I'm saying is like, oh, that sounds like a very intimate relationship, but no, no, they're still friendships, right? You, you know these people, you grow up with these people in your yeah. 20s to your 30s, and then you're just like, okay, we are too different, and I, I accept that, that you, you are different. I am different. We're both not on the same page, so it's time to grow and move on. So I wouldn't say I would like to change that because it taught me a valuable lesson, but I would love to say that, you know, these kind of obstacles that happened in my pathway are there to teach me something. And having that awareness and growing from it makes me a stronger person. So nothing to change. I absolutely love that point that you said, you know, these are the important life lessons and you should take it as an experience and go th- grow through it instead of thinking thinking about it and getting stuck with it. I, I, I feel that it's quite important for taking these experiences as life lessons, as you said, and I love this point because... Every experience teaches us something different, something to focus on, something we could be get better with. Um, so thanks for giving us those valuable insights into your life, into your journey into tech. Many women like us will be learning a lot today from you about whether you know, it's your first role into cybersecurity or a tech role, but never give up. Continue this journey. And it's so important for everyone to also share their knowledge and experience with others because that will also help them to grow as an individual and contribute to the society. Thank you so much and have a wonderful evening. Thanks, Tash. Thank you very much for having me on the show, Amina. It was nice talking to you. And have an awesome day. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Living and Breathing Technology Podcast with Amina Agarwal. If you learned something new and this podcast made you think, then share ITSPmagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations, sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. You can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society.